Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hey there, welcome into this Golf Channel podcast as we prepare you for the playing of the 146 Open at Royal Birkdale. I'm George Savarikis alongside two guys who have won on the PGA Tour, Brian Bateman and Robert Dameron. And guys, it's the third of four majors so far this year in 2017. Before we run down the list of favorites, how their games are shaping up for this week at Royal Birkdale, what are you most looking forward to, Brian? We'll start with you. because we Well, I think this tournament, to me, is the most fun to watch. Now, I, when the weather's bad, I don't know if it would be the most fun to play. <laughs> no. But I really enjoy this type of golf, George, just because we don't get to see it that often, especially as a viewer, as a fan. Golf is played low to the ground. You have these the courses in the rota that are all different, but you still have some familiarity with each one because it goes back and forth you know, every six or seven years. So I just like the overall feel of the event. I was over at Troon last year covering it for the Golf Channel. Just the ambiance, the, the way the, the, uh, the fans appreciate the history of the game and the tournament, the players, I just think it's a fun tournament to watch. I'm with you, and I, I look forward to watching the weather. But the one thing that kind of jumps out to me as I look over is the, the lack of consistency of our top players. So I've got a big question mark on all these guys. Mm -hmm. The top three in the world all missed the cut at the U.S. Open. Spieth is hit or miss. Uh, you know, these guys, DJ is, is just not playing well. McElroy, like we said, uh, Rory's been really not playing well. Uh, Fowler up and down. So I don't know what to expect from our top players. All right, as we will delve into that list mm. of top players. Me personally, I just love, to your point, Brian, how different it is. And when I used to live on the West Coast, it was nice that if you're out having a couple brewskis, <laughs> that first round would pop on Time around change. 11 p.m. or midnight, <laughs> so you get to watch some bonus golf before you go to sleep. So well, here, here you wake up, have a couple beers, and watch it on exactly. the East Coast. Breakfast well, brew. I don't judge will. it. Not that we're having that. <laughs> Never. Golf Central or Golf Channel podcast. So these are the odds according to Westgate Las Vegas SuperbookGolfOdds.com. Our friends out in the desert, Dustin Johnson at 11 to 1 as we. Look down that list. So let's start with DJ, a guy who this time last year was about as dominant as any player, having won the U.S. Open, WGC Bridgestone, was in that amazing stretch. This year, had that great run leading up to the Masters, then that little tumble where he had to WD from Augusta. What do you make of this recent stretch that he's had out of Dustin Johnson. We almost saw him as a shoe-in to win the Masters for a moment there. He had won three in a row, and then, yeah, took that fall down the stairs. Uh, hasn't quite been the same. Missed two cuts in a row, which is just, it's not DJ-like. And 
Um, I was out in Dallas and, and watching him, and, and he was struggling with his ball striking a little bit. This is, what, two months ago almost now, and working a little on his swing, which concerns me because he's such a feel player, and he just knows he's good. He goes out there, and he just goes about his business. I mean, he's almost like a golf robot. But, uh, again, it's like I said earlier, one, those top players – we're not quite sure what to expect. I mean, if he goes out and dominates and wins by five, we're not going to be shocked. But the way it's been going, if he misses the cut by five, we might not be shocked that way either. I think the thing about DJ, George, is that you know, it seemed like all of last year in the first part of this year, he could aim down the left side of any fairway and hit his power fade, and he was driving it better than anybody in the world. And we just did not see that at the U.S. Open. To Robert's point, he was just a little bit loose off the tee. Another thing that concerns me about, I know he played well at Wells Fargo, but he has not played a whole lot. And time off, some players enjoy that, some players don't. I think leading up to a major championship, you need to have some reps under your belt. DJ has not played it, uh, that much since the U.S. Open. And because of that, the way that his, golf stri- his ball striking has been a little bit off, you know, his putting has improved. But his ball striking, which has really been the, the stalemate of his success, has been a little bit loose. But his, the length off the tee that DJ has applies to any golf course. Any golf it doesn't course. matter where he's going to play. So if he drives it well, I, sh- I would expect him to play well. Is, that the, is the driver the biggest concern for him, or do you think that's something he can easily rectify? I think that – I've said it a, a bunch, actually. I think Rory and DJ are the two guys that drive it so well that they don't have to putt great to win. Mm-hmm. Anyone else, they're not quite just a step below them. Um, Frankly, any course, the driver sets it up. If you drive it badly, you're on defense all week. If you drive it great, you know, 3.30 in the middle of the fairway, which those guys do a lot, uh, golf's pretty easy. Uh, but he has been losing those. And, 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 again, back to McElroy, who, like I said, it drives it equally as good as DJ. He went into the U.S. Open and Air Hills saying, well, if you can't drive it in between this hay, you know, talking about the deep fescue rough, then you should, don't belong out here. He drove it in more than anyone in the field, and he's, he's missed three out of four cuts too. So... Um, they need to get that driver in play first and foremost, uh, DJ and, and McElroy. Next guy on our list, <clears throat> Jordan Spieth, who's at 12 to 1 odds. You said he's been up and down. We got to see the up, his last start at the Travelers Championship. Heck of a way to, to win that hole out from the bunker for his second win so far this season on the PGA Tour. Where, where do you gauge his game is at going into the Open? I think that even though he won Travelers, he, he took a little hit as far as trusting his game. He really played poorly uh, on Sunday at Travelers. He almost hit it in the hazard three times and got lucky for it to stay out. He missed little putts that, that Jordan never missed, ever. And, and, of course, great players do great things at the right time. Holding the bunker shot in the playoff was fantastic. But uh, he just didn't play the way he was supposed to trying to close out a tournament. Uh, and, honestly, the only putt he missed was, or made was on 15 when he went walking after it because he knew he missed it and somehow it went in. But is that the bigger narrative that he didn't play well and then somehow got it done? Because we see like Tiger at the 05 Masters. He goes bogey, bogey, and then he wins. It's not, well, his game was loose down the second nine at Augusta. It was he has the heart of a champion and willed himself to a victory. No question he has the heart of the champion. But that's the narrative I'm going to use. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to commit myself to he's going to play good or bad because <laughs> I'm scratching my head on it. I mean, again, I just he's such a great player, but, man, you're just not seeing him at the top of his game. And I think this golf course, George, Burkdale, uh, is defined by the weather. 
It's one of the hardest, most mm. difficult courses in the Rota. And driving it off the tee, there's a lot of pot bunkers on this golf course. So you have to drive it well and avoid those pot bunkers, which if you drive into the, on a par four, it really turns it into a par five. The driver's been the issue for Jordan Spieth, to Robert's point. Did not drive it well at Travelers. Got away with a lot of loose drives and, and took advantage Especially of his short game. <laughs> but oh. once again, if he can drive it well, now St. Andrews was a totally different monster back in 15 when he was chasing the Grand Slam. Wide open golf course compared to Burkdale. I just think for Jordan Spieth, if he can find more fairways, just remotely find more fairways and avoid these fairway bunkers off the tee, his short game is plenty strong. His wedge game is plenty strong. I think he can contend this week. For me, it's so hard to gauge when a guy's taking two weeks off to where he's going to be at, especially, I get if you're a top-flight player, you feel like you can flip the switch on. But for him to have this big a break in 15, he had just won the deer the right. week before, <clears throat> is dealing with all that jet lag, but then played phenomenally at the Open. So how do you kind of figure out from a temperament standpoint if a player relishes having that type of break or if it could actually be a hindrance, Robert? Well, it's all an individual thing. You'll see over, the, over time guys love to play the week before a major. Guys don't like to play the week before a major. They like to go prepare. Some players like to prepare by playing in tournaments. Some like to prepare by going to the range and, and trying to imitate the shots that, that he's going to be faced. I know he wanted to play John Deere. He likes John Deere. He's played well there before, his first win ever. Um, you know, he feels connected to that. But I think it's kind of telling to me that he wants to get his game in better shape by going over there early and practicing rather than staying here playing John Deere and catching the charter to go over. Well, he was in Cabo San Lucas last year. Oh, really? Week. Oh, yeah. So, that's, I mean, he's... he's, he's similar to Open Championship weather, isn't toward, it? Toward <laughs> he's taking a circuitous route yeah. over to um, Burkdale. But it's good to recharge the batteries for a few days because I believe he got to Burkdale this past weekend. Yes, he so. did. And the weather's been perfect over there. So, you know, that's a great question, George, because the players that played, say, last week in the Scottish Open... Uh, early in the week, the weather was great. On the weekend, it was tough. Actually, yesterday was okay, but Friday and Saturday was very difficult. It was. And you heard Rory McIlroy say after he missed the cut that he felt like playing in the wind the last few days may have altered his mechanics of his golf swing. And so he had some time off to get to Burkdale, get into some normal conditions, and work on his swing. Someone like John Rahm, who's played, who played at the Irish Open, wins, takes last week off, still over in Europe, so he's still on the same time frame can come in fresh. Then you have like Brooks Kepka and DJ who have not played since the US Open. Yeah. That's a I'm with you George. That's a long break to take off before any major championship, any golf tur tournament for that matter because you're just kind of out of sync with the reps needed at any golf tournament, especially a major championship. But every player is individual and Zach Johnson plays the deer every year and he won at St Andrews back in 15, so what is the formula? Who knows? Some players play, some players don't. You mentioned DJ, too. He, he didn't just take time off. He's got a brand-new baby. That's right after the U.S. Open. So who knows how much time he's even been able to uh, you know, dedicate to his game going into this tournament. To Brian's point with John Rahm, he had missed the cut at the Memorial and the U.S. Open, like Dustin Johnson, has that powerhouse performance at the Irish Open. How advantageous is it that he has that week at the Irish Open and then is able to throttle down at the Scottish Open, like Brian was saying, that he could almost be refreshed going into Burkdale. I think for a player as volatile as John Rahm is, because he, he gets as angry as anyone out there, a week off before a major is good. Win, lose, or draw the week before. Um, something to just kind of cool his jets, work on a couple fundamentals, make sure everything is kind of in check where he needs to be, and then just remind himself it's no big deal. Get rid of all the, the thoughts from the past events, good or bad, because like I said, he feeds off those 
um, um, emotions. And even though last or two weeks ago when he had a what a six shot lead, maybe should have been a four shot lead with that that marking issue. That's neither here nor there. But he was getting angry coming down the stretch a couple times, and I'm like, man, you're cruising in, playing fantastic. So a week off for Rom, I think, is a good thing. All right, let's move down the list. Roy McIlroy. I'm not going to ask you guys necessarily to venture a guess because Rory has done this before in his career where he's missed two or three cuts, and then he can flip it on. As far as what type of conditions would there need to be for Rory to possibly thrive this week? If you're looking at a crystal ball, you need X for Rory to be like the Rory we've seen in 2014 when he's at the height of his powers. Uh, that's a tough one because I I listened to his sound yesterday or two days ago, George, at, when he missed the cut at the Scottish, and he said he was going to work on his golf swing. And I, to me, it's fairly evident that uh, or obvious that he's he's not making any putts, and that's where, and like Robert said earlier, all he has to do is putt average. But his putter has really deserted him the last few weeks, um, and he said he was the conditions may have got the best of him playing uh, in the in the wind, so he was hoping to to iron that out. I don't know. I just don't think he's very confident right now. I don't think he's yeah. – I think he's a little bit confused as well because it, he looks very mechanical on the greens, and players putt their best when they're natural and they're athletic and so forth. He's flowing. Uh, his driver, two years ago, he was probably the best in the game with Jason Day, and now he's having trouble finding fairways. U.S. Open, perfect example. Totally penalized himself on so many holes in the high stuff. Uh, he's played Burkdale many times. Once again, he's got to avoid those pot bunkers in the fairway, and if his driver is out of control, he may have to dial it back a little bit, hit some fairway uh, woods off the tee, maybe play more percentages, but that goes against how he plays the game anyway, very aggressive player. I don't know what to expect from Rory McIlroy this week. He has just not been in good form. He's got a couple of days to figure it out. We'll see how he does. It's, again, like, like I said earlier, it is a tough call to see what's going to happen. And, and he hasn't putted weak. He's putted poorly, bad. And you, you said it. He looks mechanical. Did uh, Brad Faxon or Crenshaw or Lauren Roberts ever look mechanical on the putting green? No, they look like they were born making putts. And that's just the way it is. It's such a simple motion. Yet players, when they struggle, look at Adam Scott, how badly he struggled. And he goes over to the side of the green between every putt and, and takes extra practice strokes and things like that. So... Uh, you can see when a player like Scott or like McElroy starts to, it's the putting starts to get in their head. It's not just I'm having a bad stretch of putting, which we all go through. It's bad enough and long enough to where my confidence is taking a hit, and I think he's absolutely there. And he got off to a slow start at the U.S. Open. I think if he gets off to a great start here at Burkdale, has a, has a solid you know, four or five under par round, the first round at Burkdale, gets some momentum. He's so good that it would just take just a spark, just one round, Get some confidence, find his swing, make some putts, and I think, like you said, George, he's back to the races because it's not going to take much to get Rory back on track. Well, the Open is a great place for guys that aren't putting so well. Yeah, because the greens are different slower. from the other three majors. They're slower. They're not as slopey around the green. I yeah. mean, if you go way off the green and you're putting from you 80 yards away. You can be more aggressive with your yes, you can. birdie looks in the Open. And the weather makes ball striking, if we get normal open weather, mm -hmm. a lot of wind makes ball striking that much more important and makes putting kind of more difficult for the great putters. So uh, it, it negates that a little bit, but you still can't win without That's making That's why it's a few. so hard to predict who's going to play I with. know. So you're saying you wouldn't necessarily lay 10 Bateman bucks on Rory McIlroy just with all the uncertainty. Not right now, no. Wouldn't take a flash. So he's the first of four guys we're looking who are at 15 to 1 odds. The next 
Sergio Garcia, already with a major in his pocket, that green jacket that may make the trip with him to Royal Birkdale. He's also at 15 to 1. Sergio, since 2000, 10 top 10 finishes at the Open. Hasn't missed a cut yet in 2017. Quite the year he has put together so far. Can he make it go from a good year to far and away a career year with his week at the Open? I think he can play well this week. Obviously, he likes these conditions. He's very used to playing this type of golf. Uh, there was a lot of speculation after he won the Masters. Would there be a hangover going into the Players' Championship? He played solid there. Mm -hmm. He has taken some time off the last few weeks. But Sergio has the perfect game for these kind of conditions, good conditions or poor conditions weather-wise, because he can flight his ball. He doesn't have to rely on his putter like you said, Robert. Greens are a little bit slower and a little bit flatter. That's why I think he's had such success at Opens in recent memory is because the ball striking shines here. And with two poor conditions, it even amplifies someone who strikes the ball well. And when you putt well, like, say, Stinson did last year, you, co you combine ball striking and putting, that's when you shoot 18 under Run par. Run the tables. But in Sergio, 20 it's, or 20 under. So in Sergio's case, I think the ball, he, he obviously has never had any issues with ball striking, but I think he could play well this week. I think the Masters hangover it was, was, is non-existent. I think a, a Sergio that obviously loves playing the Open and always plays well or typically always plays well in an open, is now got the confidence that he can win the big one. So he's armed with that confidence coming into a tournament that he loves. And he did finish tied for second at the BMW International, which was it's been a few weeks ago, late June. Um, getting married, perspective's good. I love Sergio's chances this week. As far as Sergio off the tee, Dustin Johnson clearly was the most dominant driver last year by far, 2016. Sergio doesn't have his length, but where would you rank him, especially with the performance we saw at Augusta, the tee shot he hit in the playoff against Justin Rose. If the chips are on the line and Sergio's playing that little squeeze cut, where would you put him among the top drivers in the game overall? I think he's one of the best. Uh, top, I, five? top five? Oh, absolutely, six, top five. Yeah. I, right now, I would say it's between uh, Ricky Fowler and Sergio Garcia as the best drivers in the world. Mm -hmm. Neither one of them are short off the tee. No. But I'm not saying most they, powerful. We're just saying they're overall. Total driving, yeah. yes, because Sergio has eliminated, pretty much eliminated the left side of the golf course, hitting mm -hmm. that squeeze fade, uh, can set up just like Dustin Johnson was doing last year, down the left side. He knows it's coming back, can flight it, can get it up in the air. I, Sergio right now, if I had to pick one player to hit a driver for me on a tight, open-style golf course, around some pot bunkers, with Gorse on both sides, it would be Sergio Garcia. I'm with you, and I think if you erase McElroy and DJ out of that equation, then I'm with you, with Ricky and, and Sergio being the best drivers. I think that the weapon that McElroy and DJ have when they're on, which they're rarely way off with their yeah. driver, is the thing that I envy the most that I've ever seen in my life. If I could have one weapon, it would be one of those guys' driver, and I don't care which one you give me. I mean, which one's one and two, I don't know. They're both awesome, but... Uh, Ricky, if you bring Ricky up, uh, it's almost time for him to, you know, he's been close, he's been there, it's time, people starting to question his guts, whether he's got the guts to win the big ones, and whether he's going to do four rounds in a row, and I think there's a point when he gets tired of that, and that motivates him, and, and he says, well, enough of that, big one. the I players mean, was he's, huge. He, he, uh, he's, he's playing some great golf right now, total confidence, total control, uh, Inner piece is there. He played well last week at the Scottish. I, Ricky's got to be on the short list. Got four top ten finishes his yeah. last five starts. He was T11 at the Masters, T5 
at the U.S. Open, had four top, top, top five finishes at majors in 2014. Would you say he has the mantle as best player to not win a major or just clearly on that very short list? I would say Ricky Fowler is on the uh, – it's his one. No one else. I, I don't know who else you could say. I mean, you, you can't, just because John Rahm doesn't have enough he of a track record. That's exactly right. Matsuyama maybe? Yeah. He hasn't played enough. Yeah, I, but I mean as far as best in the world, not with a major. Oh, I would take I would take Fowler over Matsuyama right now. Right this second, I would, too. Yeah. I would, too. Now, if we go back to January, February, uh, Matsuyama was the best in the, on the planet. If but. Ricky's hoisting the Claret Jug, what went right for him this week? <sighs> clutch. Mm. You know, grinding out the bad times, having a clutch up and down or a clutch long putt at the right time to where he doesn't go with that bogey-bogey double stretch where he, he occasionally kind of has the big up. number he does he'll throw a big number so some clutch save i think is what's gonna he would look back on as he's holding the claret jug and say boy i was i was awesome i probably could have made double there and i walked away with par mm-hmm. and everything went good from there what are you going with i would say putting as well I, statistically he's one of the best on tour across the board uh, but i'm with robert it's going to come down if it does come down to say the back nine on sunday with ricky fowler i, I think his ball striking is going to maintain its consistency it's going to be about holding that clutch putt maybe catching a bad break with a decent iron shot and getting up and down avoiding the big number which all the players there are going to try to do i think it's going to come down to the putter for ricky fowler he normally puts fast greens really good they're not going to be fast this week mm-hmm. so he's going to have to adjust like the other players are but it's going to come down to the putter for him what will the scottish open do for him last week he ended up i believe a top 10 finish well, he saw the both. He saw the best of both conditions. Uh, but I, what I like about him, that's why I say he's got some inner peace about the conditions. He welcomes the bad days, and we all enjoy the good days weather-wise. You don't hear him talk himself out of a turn. Never. He's a positive player. Uh, he, similar to Matt Kuchar, just kind of has that flatline attitude. And he has the golf game that can match up to poor conditions. As, he, as we saw at the Scottish Open, he played solidly, didn't win. Uh, but does what he has to do when conditions are bad. When you, as a player, when you get to the golf course and conditions are really crappy, it, half the field's eliminated because you, you, you don't, either you don't want to play or you know you can't play or you yeah. or you get off to a slow start. Yeah, yeah, and, and Ricky Fowler just locker room. We, we saw it at the U.S. Open how he uh, had a game plan, didn't take driver off the tee a, a terrible amount of times, was trying to find fairways regardless of the length of the hole. Saw that again at the Scottish Open, played percentages. I just think he's got the mindset to handle the conditions at an Open regardless of the weather. Could say it better myself. I think, I think he's on my short list of, of top players. You said four top players to win this week. Four top tens out of the last five. The top players, the guys in front of him, have all been up and down, inconsistent. Missed cuts here, good yeah. tournament there. He and Kuchar actually has been solid as far as top tens, top 20s coming up. As far as Americans go, I think those two are the guys to look at. Another guy at 15-1 to 1 who had that near miss at the Masters, but he does have the 2013 U.S. Open to his credit, Justin Rose. It's been 19 years since he made his big <laughs> splash <laughs> at the 1998 Open at Royal Birkdale. People forget that was Mark O'Mara over Brian Watts. Brian Watts. O'Mara winning his second major that year. Justin Rose, T4 as an amateur. I remember watching that in a Caddyshack trying to get a loop for the day and seeing his final (laughs) round in 1998. Since the Masters, I mean, Justin Rose is always 
seemingly on every short list going into a major of top 10 guys to look for with his game, his makeup, his pedigree. What we've seen out of him the last couple months. You're looking in your magic eight ball. Is he trending up? Is it check back with me later? No. Where would you say his I, I think he's trending up, George. He played well at the Scottish last week. Uh, he spent some time over in England. Uh, even I think he took in Wimbledon one day, so he's kind of taking it all in. But he, has, he really has no weaknesses. He drives it straight. He's got plenty of length. Uh, he's been in big-time situations before. Remember at Marion at the U.S. Open how well he played. Played great at Augusta this year. I think he has the type of game similar to Ricky Fowler. He's not going to overpower any golf course. But his weaknesses are so short that he can pretty much play any conditions at any place, and the Open is a perfect venue for him to showcase that this week. And, of course, he knows very well in Burkdale. I think he's trending up, and I've got actually another reason, not because of the way he's played necessarily, but he's trending up by design. After Augusta, I, I spoke to his coach, Sean Foley, he started talking about Burkdale, even not, not even the U.S. Open. Really? Before, and, and uh I want to get my game ready for Burkdale. Not meaning he just bypassed the U.S. Open and didn't want to be ready, but he wanted to set up to try to peak that week. So I think he's trending the right direction by design. Let's take a look uh, a year back, 2016. The duel that we saw out of Henrik Stenson and Phil Mickelson. What a performance those two put together. Stenson at 20 under par gets to hoist the Claret Jug. Phil Mickelson... At 17 under, three back. They were 11 clear lefty from second to third. <laughs> Just yeah. hard to wrap your head around. They each had a 63. Phil to start the week. Henrik to finish the week on that fateful Sunday. Let's start with the guy who won last year in Henrik Stenson. It's been kind of MIA so far in 2017. What's the one thing that he really needs to flip this week if he's going to be part of the narrative well I thought the open last year was going to propel him to better things uh you know get that major off his back then you know haven't won a major and it would be better because he hits it so well always hits it well especially at the end of last year this year's greens and regulation stats are down and this is a guy that just hits it so well it's a joke so he's got to hit his irons just a little bit better because he's not a putter not the best chipper in the world. I mean, his bunker play last year at the Open was outstanding. But he needs to hit those a handful of shots, which he normally used to do, just stuff two or three a day where he didn't even have to worry about putting. Uh, so he's got to hit those irons just a little bit tighter this year if he wants to get back. Now, my question is, uh, he hasn't played well in a while. Is his confidence high enough? Even if he starts, something starts clicking on the range when he shows up on, on Thursday, is yeah, it high I, enough? I think he's another one, Robert, in that group of top-notch players whose confidence right now is not very high. Mm-hmm. He missed the cut at the Masters. He missed the cut at the U.S. Open. He hasn't won worldwide since Troon last year. And in listening to his sound after the Scottish Open, he didn't sound very confident because Damon Hack asked him, how is this going to translate moving forward for next week as the defending champion? At Burkdale, and he said, I've got a long way to go before I can even be in contention next week, which is a short three or four days away, so he doesn't have much time to try to figure out what is wrong with his golf swing, what is wrong with his putting. I think it's a little bit of everything. I don't think he's terribly off with his irons. Uh, No, no, he's not going to putt the lights out every single week, but he's kind of like Rory McIlroy. He doesn't have to. I just think he's a little bit off in a lot of his game, and a lot of it is upstairs. I just don't think he's playing with a lot of confidence right now. Seems a little frustrated. And with the pressure mounting, being the champion golfer of the year for another couple of days, he said he's looking forward to getting back to Burkdale and getting back in the, in the, 
with the attention around him uh, having the Claret Jug, but he's got to really straighten out his golf game if he wants to contend this week because as of right now and based on recent uh, tournaments, he's just not playing very good golf. Played decent at the Scottish, but was still seemed frustrated after every round. Well, another problem, you said mentally, he can't really get out and go work on it as much as he would or get away because there are a lot of responsibilities you have being the defending champion. You have to do press. You have to do all these things. You know, the presentation he had today getting out of some fancy car that looked like a silver bullet. I don't know what that was with the trophy and, and all that. So even if he wanted to get away on the side of the range by himself, maybe with his coach and figure a few things out, he's not going to have that opportunity this week. He's at 25 to 1. One thing in his hip pocket, he did finish T3 at Royal Birkdale in 08. He so did. he has played yeah. the course well before. The last two guys we'll get to quick. Phil Mickelson at 30 to 1. First major with his brother Tim Mickelson on the bag. And Phil, if Henrik hasn't won since last year's Open, Phil's last win was at Muirfield in 2013 when he won the Claret Jug for the first time. What do you think of his game and what we've seen the past couple months? It seems to be inching in the right direction, yeah. at least what we saw at Memphis. And then Greenbrier, he squeaks out a major. Yeah, I mean, right? he had missed a cut this year. And I guess for Phil Mickelson, that's not that big a deal. But that's yeah. some consistent golf. But, George, you're exactly right. It will be interesting to see this week. How, what, how, what, what kind of impact his brother has on the bag? Because I think of all the tournaments that Phil played in with Bones on the bag, the majors is where Bones play the biggest role. Mm -hmm. Because there's so many, so many different things that can happen with the conditions, with strategy, with pressure. And so Phil's going to try it this week for the first time in 25 years without Bones on the bag. Yes, he's got good memories last year from Troon. And I think his game is in, in, in decent shape for, for his standards. But I don't, I don't have the stats in front of me how he played at, at uh, Burkdale back in 08. But just the, the chemistry that he has or will not have with his, with his brother on the bag, I think Bones is going to be the missing, uh, missing variable this week for Phil. Doesn't mean he can't play well, but it's going to definitely be a different approach as the week uh, goes on if he gets in contention without Jim uh, McKay on the bag. Well, here, here's the thing I wonder about Phil. His normal routine for the past 200 years, however long he's been on tour, I, I don't know, but uh, has been, you know, U.S. Open. He's played Scottish Open the yeah. last several years and gone over to get, and he's done with Bones. Everything's different. He didn't play the U.S. Open because of his, his daughter. He didn't play Scottish Open. Um, I'm not seeing, and this is not from stats or anything, I think Phil Mickelson is the best chipper and pitcher of our era, at least, uh, I'm not seeing him chip and pitch the way he used to. I think he's missing a few up and downs that he used to not miss, and the putter's not quite as good. Um, the putter wasn't sharp. I was at the Greenbrier Classic I was a couple too. weeks ago. The putter was not sharp as putting it nicely. Yeah, that was the one thing where normally you see Phil from four to six feet make them with regularity. And that was one thing that Bones at Senator's Campus said before at Augusta. The amount of three-footers that he is rammed in the back of the cup knowing he'd have a 10-footer coming back, that he's always had that confidence to take a firm line and knock it in. And we're not seeing out of the last month, to your point, or two months, where you see Phil over a four-footer and think automatic or well, six-footer. I think that that goes to with what I said with his chipping. If you're not comfortable over a three-footer or a four-footer, that puts so much extra pressure on your chipping to chip it within a foot. I don't want to – a great chip might be three feet away. But I don't, man, I don't like going up and putting those. I'd rather just chip it to a foot. So now you put a little extra pressure on your chipping. 
And uh, it's not like he's, you know, flubbing it around the greens or anything, but it's not the guy that we've seen. I mean, there were years where I bet he hold more chips than the next three guys put together almost on tour. It was in- incredible to watch. Two other things to consider with Phil. Uh, to your point, Brian, the difference in the majors, especially with the Open, is that all these other tour stops, Phil has seen 25 straight years, whereas Burkdale, 98 or 08, and now 2017, it's not like there's the same familiarity with this layout. The other, and I had asked him jokingly, when's the last time you spent a week straight with your brother? <laughs> he had said it was the last yeah. Mickelson family vacation about 20, 25 years oh, really? ago when Phil first got on the PGA High tour. school. So it, it was just funny to hear that, obviously, they have a, a deep bond together, but to actually just spend seven straight days having meals and all that stuff, it had been more than two decades. So the last guy... That we get to, fittingly, was the last guy to win a major so far this year. Brooks Kepka at Aaron Hills. What a performance he put together. It was the type of performance leading into the week that you thought, okay, it's going to be some guy with power off the tee. You would have thought maybe, hey, Dustin Johnson could repeat at the Open. Brooks was definitely a name thrown out there with how powerful that he is. He hasn't teed it up since Aaron Hills. We saw Sergio take a nice victory lap and soak up the little run that he was able to have going back to Spain and showing off the green jacket in New York, the media tour. Brooks had some time in Vegas to celebrate, has had some time off now to refocus, get back to his game. Any idea whatsoever, after taking all that time off, how Brooks Kepka's game could translate to Royal Burkdale? I think it depends, George, on who he's had around him. You know, when you have that much time off, uh, and, and this huge monkey off your back, if you will, for Brooks Kepka winning the U.S. Open. You know, he's, he's, he hangs around Dustin Johnson a lot. They have the same fitness instructor. They have the same instructor. They, they practice together. I would think, speculating here, but I would think that Dustin Johnson has probably given Brooks some advice on how to handle time after such a major part of your career in winning a U.S. Open or any major. Um, how he's going to play, I, he hasn't played since the Open, like U.S. Open, like you said. So he's got the golf game that travels He's because he has, he has the length in any golf course when you're long off the tee. Played European Tour also. Yeah, so. plus he, he knows, he kind of has the vibes for that area. But, look, it would be interesting to see if he has any hangover from the U.S. Open. He did spend a few days in Vegas, but from what I've seen on social media and, and following him a little bit, he's been working hard at home. He's been working out. He's a, he's a gym rat. He's been practicing hard, but there's a difference between playing with your buddies and hitting balls on the range and being in competition and getting the reps competitively. So uh, I think it's a compelling story for next week to see how well he plays coming off such a dominant performance at the U.S. Open. He has the game to do it. I just don't know if he's been playing enough. Well, I, I think he is such a raw talent. And what I mean by talent is the way I would define it is if I don't let you practice for a while and you come back, are you still as good as you were? And I think he's that kind of raw talent where even if he wasn't practicing a whole lot since the U.S. Open, uh, I don't think it would phase him a ton. You know, he'll get enough back just playing some practice rounds, going over there a little bit early. Uh, the driver is such a weapon. The confidence is super high. Um, I think it depends on whether he says, I'm still, I'm still on that high for being the U.S. Open champ or I want to be the Open champ, champion golfer this year. Um, it's just his mentality, not really his, his game, uh, you know, how he approaches it this week that 
is going to be whether he's successful or not. All right, no, having an on here. Who's your winner at the end of the week? What do you got? Justin Rose. All right, I like I'm it. taking John Rom. Sticking with him, the Rominator. The Rominator. He's Atomic Rom. Total Romination. The, the Dolly Rama himself. You know, I'm riding the hot hand. <laughs> I just, well, I just here's what I think. I, I think that he learned a lot about himself at the Irish Open. Uh, emotions run high with him. He, look, he has no weaknesses in his game. No. Uh, it could be a little bit Attitude. straighter off the tee, but. That's his only weakness is battling himself. And I was impressed with how he handled the situation at the Irish Open down the stretch. He said earlier in the week that he, was, he made a commitment to be easier on himself, to be more positive, to not take things so literally on the golf course. And I saw some signs of that. He dominated the field with some tough conditions. I think John Rahm wins this week at Birkdale. I thought it was scary what he said, that he realized if he didn't try as hard – I guess played, per se, play better. that he would, it would free him up and play better. If he wasn't gripping the entire time, which we've seen him do a lot on the course, and it seemed to show in that final round where he took a lead from one to two and then to six, whatever you want to deem it, at the end of the day he walks away with a six-shot victory. And that's a guy who you see can kick his game to that next gear. I'm going to go a guy who's playing well, and obviously with these picks – we seem to trend towards someone who's playing well, and inevitably it's a guy who's probably missed two cuts and comes <laughs> yeah. out of nowhere. It's like, oh, well, how did you not see that he was going to miss a cut and win? But I think Ricky Fowler, everything seems to be lining up for it to be the point. It's got to happen soon. He's doing everything that you want out of a guy to get their game to that position to finally break through and win a major. So I'm going to say that this is the week that Ricky Fowler gets it done. I think it's a good so, pick. So Wouldn't got, surprise me in the least. Justin Rose. Justin Rose. We got it. Ricky, Rose, Rob. And Rob. The three, the three R's. R's. All right, let's see what happens. For George Savarikis, Brian Bateman, Robert Dameron, thanks for joining us on this Golf Channel podcast. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Roger that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Oh, my charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed.